You're listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense with your host, Doug Thorpe. Here's Doug. Hello again, everyone. This is Doug Thorpe, and you're listening to another episode of Leadership Powered by Common Sense. As uh, as we do from time to time, I have guests that help us understand things about finding your own personal sense of mission, vision, purpose, kind of somewhat wrap all that together. And it is undeniably an important question that you as a leader should be asking yourself. And my guest today is going to help us really dig into that a little more. His name is Michael Matucci. He is a PhD. So, Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you, Doug. Great to be here. Yeah, so this, uh, I kind of like to just jump right in here. People are busy and want to get right to the heart of things. this idea of finding your own personal sense of purpose, what have you learned and about discovering that? And how, how does one go about identifying what that sense of purpose may be? Great question, Doug. I'll start from the, the back end for a moment and talk about why it is important. In addition to having that, answering that question for yourself, why, what's my purpose? And that's because a man, a woman on purpose is very difficult to manipulate. They, you have a drive, a connection to really what you're doing that is almost an immediate filter for what is not important. And golly, in our world, we have a lot of non-important stuff flying around us. And that inner knowing, that connection to that is an instant filter for the brain to just say, oh, that's not important. Oh, helps you choose between what is applicable for your life in this moment just as a as mere choice in business and family and life when you get what that is that you're doing. Now, some people, when they look at asking that question, it seems like this insurmount of this huge mountain. I thought it was something that I would get like years later. I'll go work for decades and then I'll get to it when I've established myself. I have the resource to then roll out this purpose and mission. Now, as a man growing up in a in a, in a devout Catholic household, that looked very specific. That looked like a specific sort of thing, like building, you know, doing missionary work in, in Asia or building wells in Africa, like a very specific thing. But as I grew and I've got the beautiful chance to live in many countries um, and learn a lot of languages and how people think and act and just humble myself to the reality of what I knew growing up as much as I'd studied, as much as I'd done was such a small piece of this that I opened myself to the possibility that there, all the things that I had known were maybe only a small fraction of what I was to know. So being open is number one to the possibility that there is just way more than you've heard. And it's okay if you don't know right now, you can access that information. Number two is understanding that it's it's can be come in pieces. So it's a journey, like in a movie, like the character, the main character of this heroic coming of age movie, and we've all seen them, we certainly like some of these, isn't sudden uh, enlightenment. And oh, act one, done. Okay, act two, it's over. I've already got my purpose. I have a few challenges and I'm done. No, it's this development. It's this journey. And along the journey of purpose, I can be discovering, like in a movie, tools, relationships, Awareness is ahas that will feed and help me fulfill that purpose. And then three would be that it's not, it's other than an actual thing. I always think like my example before, I would be doing a thing, a specific job. That's the mission. 
the reality is for me, the mission and the purpose is um, who you be. It is the actual thing that you are bringing forth, who you are emanating in this life. So if you, for example, for me, it's about igniting truth, like the big cosmic divine truth of what we're doing here, who we are, who we are to each other, and then catalyzing the path of people's divine purposes and missions. And that's and I can do that in many ways, whether it be doing sessions and with my academy, doing courses and lighting people up, giving them tools for life, helping them become problem solvers in their life, but it can be through movie making, which I love to do as well. And that's and I get to plant those seeds in in viewers because I and it's the same purpose done with different vehicles. So remember remembering that it's a it's a journey. Be open. It's a journey and that it can be a something that you actually emit in your daily life in all that you do, whoever you're with. And um you'll be surprised to see what the journey shows you on that path. You know, you you open that with a, a really important point that I have found with many, many of my clients and the work I've done over the years, and that is that if you don't have some central sense of purpose, some people call it a North Star, you you are easily swayed. You know, bright, shiny objects that come at you in the business world are easily become distractors and you it takes you off the path of productivity and and proficiency it gets you distracted gets you uh diluted in in what you're doing but if you if you can lock in on a sense of purpose so it's true individually it's true for those of you that are owning businesses and running businesses is to really do the work on that definition of that purpose because as Michael said, you, you're, you're too easily swayed if you don't have that. And it, mm -hmm. it's kind of like, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. And, uh, uh, but contrary, you know, the people that I've known that have done a good job defining a sense of purpose and mission, uh, they are undeniable forces in the world. You know, they, they're going to make things happen. And and let me be clear, this isn't about blowing up an ego. This is about locking in on a on a, a true and good meaning for why you were put on the face of this earth. And um, it, it's not mystical. It's not woo woo. It's not you know any of that. But it's uh, it's an ability to really lock in and and move your day to day forward every day. Mm -hmm. And the resistance thereof. So if you feel some resistance in the body towards looking for it, it feels like this big mountain to climb, or it feels like you just said, Doug, oh, I'm going to feed my ego by because I'm some I have some important mission, or or it feels oh I'm going to detract from the, this great company that I bought. That in and of itself is the next obstacle for you in your life. That resistance is preventing you from getting where you choose to go in anything. So as soon as, as someone says, oh, I'm not going to do it because, oh, I have fear about this. Well, that's, you know, in the work that I do now, I went from my first job being a management uh, and leadership consultant and now doing a lot of like a, more of an inner uh, leadership, understanding what's happening on the inside. And the inside is where it's all, it's really ultimately happening outside it plays for us. But if I'm holding on to anything in life, holding on to any fear, 
not consciously, because we do it unconsciously as well, um, or resistance to something or a snootiness or judgment about that, that you are holding that in uh, and holding back your your potential in all areas of life. You can't do that selectively. Say, oh, I'm not going to address my purpose here, but I'm going to really rock and my company is going to be at the summit over here. No, it's not going to be because you that isn't how life works. So you get to look at that and say, hey, great, what is it? I'm going to jump in and just the mere curiosity, asking questions, you know what, that can open up brand new channels of awarenesses and open up your intuition, your ability just to see everything in life. Uh, and you'll it's very surprising how much more we can see when we just allow ourselves to drop the judgment and the worry and just simply observe and take the next step. Many of my listeners have heard me talk about uh, in uh, 2008, 2010, that time frame, I took a detour in my own professional life. I felt a, a calling and a need and created a nonprofit for job seekers. And uh, we did a little, my organization did some work in the early couple of months. And one thing that became crystal, crystal clear to I and my team was that when people suddenly lost a job, and that's what happened in the 2008 timeframe with the big financial crash, you know, thousands of people were let go from their work. And many of the clients I had coming to my organization literally had never lost a job. It was the first time in their life they had ever been given a pink slip. So they were good performers. It was just an economic necessity that the company chose to do it that way. But these people, many of them had lost their identity. They didn't know who they were because that job they had had was their identity. And we did a pivot pretty quickly. We, we recrafted our teaching and our approach, and we had people do work right on the front end of redefining your sense of purpose. Mm -hmm. And as we began doing that work, what we discovered, there were a couple of very common themes that were present, and it had to do with programming. People were pre-programmed by, you know, in their early years, well, mom and dad are doctors, well, I'm going to be a doctor, you know, well, mm -hmm. really? Are you meant to be a doctor? Are you cut out to be a doctor? has nothing to do with what mom and dad did. You know, why do you need to be a doctor or lawyer or engineer or accountant or whatever? And we helped people kind of break through those stigmas of the pre-programming they had. And the other big pattern that emerged was what I call just sort of the natural life cycle. You got out of school at whatever age you left school, you went and took a job just to have a paycheck and then maybe you made a commitment to have a family well next thing you know you need a bigger paycheck so you seek you're chasing the money and you get on this career path if you have some success which all of our people generally had like i said they had never lost jobs uh that becomes your thing and and you think you're fulfilled but no you're just chasing that bigger paycheck Oh, and now that the break had happened, it was easy for me to make the argument with folks, why not explore? 
why not take a minute? You got nothing else to do right now. <laughs> right. Why not take a minute and really think hard about that sense of purpose? And I tell you, man, you could see people just blossoming, those that took that journey and, and really connected with a new sense of self. And you know, the, the interesting benefit that came from that when it came down to them going back out in the job market and trying to find something that was a better fit for their sense of purpose, their energy, their drive, their enthusiasm was golden and employers picked it up. Mm -hmm. You know, we had a very high success rate of people landing jobs in very difficult times. I, I bet there's always opportunity. That's the thing. It's just the something that TV says, you know, has to be this way or that yeah. way. The reality is, some of the most money is made during difficult times uh, from an investment point of view. And people who understand the market understand what the need of the people is in that moment. But getting beyond the mental for a moment, I'll add something to that, Doug. And that's that, and this may sound to some people, and they don't like to use the word love in the business space. And that's partly because here we are on the precipice of love month here. And that has been tainted and dis and twisted into Hershey's Kisses, Valentine's Day cards, and smooches, and, and that's it. When the reality is love is an actual force. It is considered the energetic force that we're built on or that keeps all of our light particles together. And ultimately, it's that it's that a that, that a natural affinity to something and that includes what you do and here's the thing that people really I'd love for people to really get if you do not do what you love you are subconsciously self-sabotaging yourself you must do eventually and you could you could some people live and work their whole lives and don't do what they love like you said Doug they're just doing it before out of obligation and there's a value to honoring your responsibilities. But there's we also live in a quantum universe with thousands and thousands of options that some people won't choose until they get fired or until they have to move or something like that. But if you choose, when you choose something you love or you reorient yourself to find what you love and what you do instead of doing it for the paycheck and just kind of liking some and just getting to the end of the day or, make, or looking to the next position in the company. When you find what you love and you do what you love, you will imbue yourself with that light you're talking about and by ultimate, by many, many multiples. And you will open up your own power to much greater extent. So the point was where your job, instead of tiring you out and you gotta take the next vacation or here comes the no, end of the day, here's the clock. It's going to give you energy. The end of the day, I can work. I can work eight hours. I can work twelve hours. I can see lots of people. And at the end of the day, I feel energized because I do what I love. And if when you do that, doesn't mean advocate responsibility. These are all lived together. But find and lean into what you really love about what you do. And if you really don't like what you do, then open the door to possibility that there's something else available for you that's way bigger. You know, other someone other than has to be super spiritual or super religious to recognize that we were something before we got here and we'll be something. There's some part of us living beyond that. And when we look at it in that kind of large perspective, you're looking at this life as a mere stop or a mere small, small time in a very long timeline and sitting here and suffering through something you don't like or doing it because somebody else told you how to do it doesn't really make sense for the movie of your life. You're here to do and share yourself 
purely and fully, honestly, and lovingly. And when you do that, wow, you open up the door to such greater possibility for yourself, your achievement, and your success and fulfillment. Now, Michael, I'm going to shift gears a little bit. And by the way, I agree with all of that that you just described. Love is, in the true original sense of it, is such an incredible life force. And you're right, it's been relegated to a punchline in the movie. But um, it, And it is sad, but when, when people can make that connection of really being able to do what they love and the thing they're doing fulfills that sense of purpose, uh, that energy and passion is absolutely true. I, I do want to shift gears. You've got another note in some of your work. There's a comment about a values vacuum in America and why it matters. Yeah. My show's never political, and so I'll, I'll I'll preface all by that. But I love the topic, and and I I've got a feeling I'm going to agree with you. But go ahead and explain what where you're coming from. Well, the other thing I was going to mention when you're talking about the direction you have in your career when you're on purpose is the, 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 and the strength that you have is the strength that you have when you follow your values. And people say they ought to, you know, they'll, they'll rattle off some names of values or it's on the car corporate website, but having them in your head and living them is completely different thing. Just like the politicians go out there, I'm telling the truth and oh, this is what I'm going to do. And it's like, lies everywhere and to the extent that we already assume that that's part of the job part of the job is to lie i mean that's so absurd but ultimately is is living as a value centered man value centered woman and that means if i say that truth integrity uh morality um hard work uh honesty these things are things that i actually are my values then i live by them 100 percent of the time because if you live and you sacrifice to so say, I'll be, I'll be honorable over here, or I'll be uh, an empower and a nourisher and a person that lifts up someone up over here, but don't do over here, you're creating conflict in your own body. And so that conflict is all over society. And just look at the amount of conflict that we have. Doesn't have doesn't both sides of the aisle, so to speak, and in every geography in all kinds of different ways. That conflict is playing out because people are living against they're they're doing it against themselves. They're living against and, and acting against their own best interest. And and it's playing out and people look at these figures and they wonder, well why why doesn't these you know, this great CEO or this great entrepreneur or, or, a, or a political guy, why aren't they following the law? You should do this and they should do this because they are simply reflecting what's happening in most people. This absence of interest, this self-servingness, entitlement, and, self, and this one of me first get mine society where it just doesn't, it, it's going to, it's perpetuated everywhere. You can't have all oh, the politician is supposed to be altruistic and these heads of NGOs are supposed to be doing all the, all the work to help our people. Then you don't do your, your, your part inside of yourself. It is simply a lot. And it's, it was taken out of our schools many, many years ago. It really is mentioned um, sparsely in other circles and communities where it could be. And uh, it's, it's everything. It is truly being a man or woman of truth I'll give you a simple example because it maybe it was a little bit vague there. So people say, I, I say, are you a man or woman of truth? Yes. Okay. Then do you always tell the truth? Yes. Well, we know from statistics that people are lying all day long. They're lying about little white lies. They're lying about 
um, exaggerating. They're lying about make, don't, don't say this because someone won't feel bad. And these little lies, that means you're not living the truth. So you can, they, people think these, these things can't happen both. You have to do, you, you know, uh, living in values is living hundred percent of the time or to the best of your ability. And if you fall, then you get back on the horse and you do good or you do you get aligned. And until that happens, you got conflict inside of yourself and we'll stop conflict in our society. And we're going to continue to have people who are going to use their positions to take advantage of it, cut corners to make more money. And our society will continue to be that way. Now, when we, when we begin to, to live our light and actually fully live as beings of values, then these things that you don't like about life happening in society and schools and communities and churches, et cetera, they will have to change. But until you do it, fully or do your best and, and keep going, then we're going to continue to see that. And of course, our the people leading society are doing what they're doing. So I hope that answers the question. <laughs> There's just a lot to talk about uh, in uh, in that topic. And it's it's um it's so powerful and and it's just so absent. It's so common knowledge, but no one's really doing it. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I I did follow what you said there, and and I, I as I predicted, I fundamentally agree. And uh, my basis for doing that is not only the work I do in the business world, but uh, I have grown children, young adults. Two of them are educators. They're in the high school level system. Uh, my oldest son is a licensed uh, therapist, and he works with young adults and uh, adolescents. And boy, the discussions we have around our dinner table of, of what's going on in their world is mm. is just, it is, is mind-numbing. And in fact, I was in a discussion just the other day, and, and I won't go into all the details because it'll sound like I'm breaking confidence, and I, I don't intend to do that. But the bottom line was, I said to my son, the therapist, I said, we've lost our collective minds. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, there, there are issues and things people get spun up on that, that and, and I admit, I'm an old school kind of guy, that they, they, they don't make common sense. And that's the name of my show here, Leadership Powered by Common Sense. There are events and circumstances and positions being taken that when you do the math, they don't make simple common sense. How do you go from here to there? Oh, what? Yeah. That's your conclusion? How did? How in the world did you draw that conclusion from the real facts that exist? Yeah, well, they're 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 the people are honor are are avoiding honoring their values and honor and of, and therefore avoiding honoring their true self and honoring someone else's conditions, expectations, um, whoever's compensating them, and there's a lot of a lot of external forces. In doing that, and if you if if someone is not solid in the values enough to say no, that's this is the line, and we're going to draw it right here, then they're very easy to again manipulate. And if you think that it's really helping anybody, this is I'll give you a small example as well, stuff that we really help in the in the work that I do help people actually see what is going on inside of themselves and and the and the, the shaky results they're getting in their lives is something just like placating people, the political correctness, or just being nice, or just, just be nice, you have to be nice. Now there's kindness, okay? But then there's the false niceties. And that that placation um, is, is keeping people from hearing and saying truth, the truth of the matter, 
not my truth and I'm your, I'm better. No, just simply, and we're not going to put you this and, you know, we're not going to simply walk on eggshells for you and look and, but they do. And look how fragile these egos are in society now, especially in our young and in all ages, you know, you can't, don't say this. I'm going to, you're going to offend me. You're going to offend this and offend this. And now you can't, you can't say this. It's like, no, just speak pure truth, not what your opinion is and what someone else should do, but just the truth, the honest truth. And I remember, I remember it happened at least once a specific time. I had a, uh, I had gotten into the fashion industry with uh, a then, um, a then girlfriend when I lived in Spain and, you know, they say, don't work with your, <laughs> with your significant other. But I was just left this great I, uh, IT uh, company and I was doing what I really didn't like. And it wasn't a great environment. I left and I'm like, oh, all right, I'll give you a hand. And I ended up, um, I ended up helping her. I didn't know a lot about that industry. I had known something about other aspects, but certainly not making women's clothes. And so I, I ended up having a friend who was very experienced in distribution of big brands in Europe and around the world. And he looked at what we had and he, oh, he's like, oh, that's good. Okay. You know, let me just give me a few pointers. And, and he, every, like the couple collections in a row, he would do that. And I, I, I depend on his honesty because I didn't know. Well, I've come to find out later, like a year or two later, after I'd sunk all kinds of time and energy and uh, into this brand, that no, actually it wasn't, there was significant pieces missing for it to become a commercial success that he didn't tell me because he didn't want to, you know, upset me or take away my flame or remove me from helping, helping this woman out. And I thought, what, what, how is that helping me? How is that helping anybody? You not saying the truth. Because you don't want to hurt my feelings or, you know, take me out of this great, interesting situation or whatever. So no one's doing anyone any service by by doing that, nor are they by exaggerating their uh, their accomplishments and all that so they can look better in front of other people. Right. Well, you know, what you're describing there strikes me. It reminds me of this whole debate in, in, in the business world. You know, popular word among coaches and consultants is emotional intelligence. And at its core, I think it's a great idea, and it is an absolute truth, that those who have a higher level of emotional intelligence are open and willing to hear all the truth. Mm -hmm. They're going to they're gonna be like you. You know, they're going to say, tell me the real deal. If I've got a hole in my plan or a hole in my product and I don't know what I don't know and, and, right. and that's a truth, well, tell me. I can deal with it. I'm, I'm okay with it. I need to know. I want to know. I'm, I'm genuinely curious. But see, you know, what, what the – specialists in this area of emotional intelligence would tell us those who can't receive the truth, those who do take offense and immediately become defensive of what you just said, and they try to argue and rationalize around it, you know, they're not, they have not successfully developed that ability to receive that truth. So to me, that's part of the, the 360 equation we have to consider. So we entered the loop with your point, we we don't live our values we don't accept we don't speak the truth the flip side of that is people are ill prepared to accept the truth without go wanting to go to war huge doug and that's what i've 
a big thing of what I'm doing now is helping people build that. And I, I didn't realize they said uh, emotional intelligence is a bigger indicator of success than intellectual intelligence by some studies. And I couldn't quite get that until I really got it. <laughs> and if I have that, what you're talking about, if I have that defensiveness up and now last time um, I did that, I, re I reacted to somebody giving me that truth. They're not going to give it to me again. So now I've shut off. I've shut the truth off from other people. And on top of that, I've shut myself off from hearing it if it comes. Yeah. So the emotional intelligence for me is also being able to weather any storm. So whether it comes in a direct commentary or it comes in indirect, because people are consistently giving you, those closest to you are consistently giving you information through how they act, even if it's something you don't like. So let's say you or I give an instruction for a certain project and whoever was supposed to carry it out, even though I gave the instruction maybe two and three times messed it up. Now, if I then lose it, you know, because I'm right, I, I told you, you should have done it. I gave you the proper training, what's going on now we've missed the deadline and so on. Then I've now lost the whole scope of the situation for myself because I'm now I'm allowing that anger to take over instead of the emotional intelligence just being able to have that fire come up. You're like, oh my gosh, we <laughs> this order had been done. I did all this stuff, but then able to be sit through the fire, feel the fire, and stay in beyond reaction, stay present, and be like, and and that will enable you to see what's next, what's the best step, and what also are the other lessons coming from that situation, the lessons about yourself, the lessons about that project, the lessons about that employee, which you will never see. As soon as that trigger goes off, that trigger goes off, that anger comes up. It's like a, it's like a big fog and that's it. It's and now that, and if you don't deal with that appropriately, get the massive lesson from that, it has to come back. It yeah. has to come back, which is like, well, <laughs> didn't get very far. You'll keep repeating that grade in school. If you don't get, if you don't pass the test oh, the first yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, uh, talking about all this, I'm, I'm reminded of an episode I, I shot last year. My guest was telling me a story of one of her clients uh, who had, had created a startup company that was doing quite well, had gotten up to about 25, 30 employees, and they were rocking and rolling. And one day, one of the kind of more senior employees came into his office and said, hey, boss, you know, we're, we're kind of clicking, we're humping here. What, what if we just shut down for the afternoon, went down the street to the coffee shop and just had a little spontaneous outing with the whole team? And he said, that's great. Shut, and he walks out, shut it all down. We're going to coffee, you know, meet us down here. And so everybody was excited. They walked down the street. They all got their beverages and were gathering around. And this same spokesperson, so to say, went to the boss and said, well, the real reason we wanted to get you here, <laughs> we have a list we would like to share with you. Uh -huh. And they they proceeded to somewhat unload about his leadership and his management of the business. And apparently this had been brewing for some time. And the good news, the happy ending to this story was this was a leader who clearly had a high level of emotional intelligence. And he said, really, you have a list? Bring it on. Tell me mm. what you got. Yeah. And they started out with, you're a micromanager. We don't need you hovering over our, our desks. We know what we're doing. 
you just need to keep painting the big picture and, and, you know, lead us down the path and we'll be fine. And the list went on and I, I don't know how long it was, you know, I don't know, eight or 10 things they had come up with. But when the exchange was done, he said, you know what, guys, I can't tell you how much I appreciate this. Give me a couple of days. I would like to process this and I promise you I'll be back. And and he did, as promised. He called another meeting and said, okay, let's take the list. Here we go. Here's, you know, here's what I've taken from what you've said. Here's what I intend to do. And the important question is, does that sound like the right response to that? Is mm -hmm. that good enough? Mm -hmm. Did I hit the mark or not? And, you know, for the ones he did, great. For the ones that you know, at that point, the gate was open and people were going, well, that's close, but not quite. You know, what if you did this and what if you did that? Here, that would really help us. And they got this clarity about the whole thing. And as you can imagine, company just shot off to the next level. Oh, yeah. I mean, the people around us, and, and it's a blessing to get people to do that in an intentional way. What's normally going to happen <laughs> is that your employees, your partners, everything else, they're going to just do things that you don't like. Right. And or they didn't, or that seemed abrasive, or that to you, oh, now I got to do this extra work. Where, or the or customer will complain. I worked with this, I consulted for one company and they were uber considered, like they were really on top of customer complaints. Their five-star rating was everything to them and they would be right on top and right on top and they would really help that whoever that whoever it was that made the complaint. And I'm like, well, that's great. Are you learning from your complaints? You know, you're concerned with making sure that everybody on your staff avoids any chance that there's a complaint. But have you taken the complaints and look at them collectively and said, how can we use these to improve our overall delivery instead of just get back to normal and get rid of complaints? What if the complaint was the exact hint that was going to open up a whole new channel of business for you, a whole new opportunity for revenue or employee satisfaction or customer loyalty? Like the complaints and things you don't like are exactly the perfect thing. And when we can look at them from that presence, take that, take it all in, then, oh my gosh, the, the level of stuff you can get. I even do this with my emails. If I get an email, it's really, this is a little tiny example. And it's like, ah, oh, gosh, this, this person, this, and, or like, how didn't that work? And I could just step back and say, okay, what is this serving me right now? What is the lesson I'm getting here? They're showing me something. They don't know it, but they're showing me something that I can use to improve myself and therefore improve my business. Everything becomes the playing field at that point when we consider that everything is information, there are signs and signals everywhere. And if I have both the awareness, the openness and the emotional intelligence to sit with it, and then the boldness to take new action, then I can exponentially, continually exponentially improve my business, my community and my experience of living and providing in that way. Yeah, I love it, Michael. Well, we're about up on time for today. Thank you so much for sitting in. Tell everybody the best way to get a hold of you. Yeah, that you can come on over. I have a free uh, little PDF for everybody, which is about the three secret success killers uh, and how you can identify them. They're not. There's something you won't expect. I promise you, something's happening on the inside. 
and how you can reverse those. And I, you can come and download it for free if you choose uh, at Encompass Life, like E-N Compass, EncompassLife.com slash breakthrough. EncompassLife.com slash breakthrough. If you choose, you can book a book a, a virtual coffee with me as well. I have a little schedule on there or peruse our site for the, some of the stuff that we do to help business owners. Um, you're, you're all welcome to, uh, to come and grab something that'll lift you up today. That's great. Well, Michael, again, thank you so much for sitting in. And folks, as always, uh, we'll have that link information down in the show notes. Just hop down, mash the buttons there, and, and you'll uh, be able to reach out and get a hold of Michael. And I also like to remind folks, for those of you listening via audio streaming, that we do have a video version of this over on YouTube, channel by the same name, Leadership Powered by Common Sense. Hop over there, uh, check out the archives. Uh, really enjoy getting your comments and feedback. And if you've got a recommendation or an idea for another show, just let me know. And with that, we're going to say goodbye, sign off, go out there, make it a great day. You've been listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense, hosted by Doug Thorpe. If you would like to know more about the coaching and advisory services he provides, visit DougThorpe.com.